Thank you for tuning in to the Multi-Channel Reseller Podcast. This is Joshua Esters, and I'm back again with another episode. So this one's going to be the Crypto Folio episode number three. So we're going to talk about, uh, what, number three. I kind of said that funny. I don't know if you heard me or not, but number three. So we're going to talk about crypto markets, blah, 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 blah. All right. But before we get started, I have to crack open this Cherry Coke Zero. I've been wanting to for the past three hours, but I wanted to save it for the podcast because that's when I tend to crack it open. Um, I've actually been trying some other drinks and uh, I don't know how I feel. I don't know how to, I don't know how I feel. I've been, I've been drinking Pepsi Coke. Pepsi Coke, no. Pepsi. <laughs> I've been drinking Pepsi uh, uh, Coke. I said it again. Pepsi, what is it called? Zero Sugar Pepsi. That's what I'm trying to say. Zero Sugar Pepsi. And I've been trying um, Diet Pepsi. And hands down, Diet Pepsi tastes way better than Pepsi Zero Sugar. Now, I can't say the same thing for Coke. Coke, uh, Coke Zero tastes better than Diet Coke. But on the Pepsi side, Diet Pepsi tastes better than Pepsi Zero. Um, and I've also been trying, uh, and I'm not buying, uh, Diet Pepsi is great, and, and I'm going to keep buying that. So I, I really, really enjoyed how that, how that, um, that concoction there. So I'm going to keep on uh, picking that up. Didn't think I'd be switching back and forth between the two, um, but also been uh, I've been dabbling and I, I tried this. Um, it was a Coca Cola Cherry Vanilla Zero Sugar, and um, that didn't taste so good, so I had to return that. You know what I'm saying? I had to get that out of here. Um, but Cherry Coke, hands down, Cherry Coke Zero. Now all this is diet and, and zero. I uh, I stay away from the, the regular ones. Just, it's not, you know, just being a little, a little bit of health conscious, just a little bit, you know? Um, but yeah, but the zero, the zero uh, calories, zero sugar. Now it's zero calories, that's for sure. But even though it's zero sugar, there is some sugar in these things. Just not a lot compared to the regular one. Um, but Cherry Coke Zero is my favorite all time. And that's what I'm sipping on right now. Okay. All right. Happy 4th of July. You know, happy 4th of July. And uh, I'm going to have a good 4th of July. <laughs> I'm going to have a good 4th of July. You know, I got the cleaning crew coming, clean the house up in the morning. I mean, it's morning now, but later on in the morning, they're going to come through Um you know, go take the kids, see fireworks, all that kind of stuff later. My wife is making a very nice, you know, uh, tasty dinner. And, um, you know, she's stoked to be able to make dinner. And, and, you know, the past, what, maybe two years she's been pregnant. Um, on the 4th of July, uh, for all, all the holidays up until this point, 4th of July, Halloween, uh, you know, wherever else is after that Thanksgiving, Christmas, she's been pregnant. So she's stoked. She's stoked not to be pregnant. 
and being able to make up some meals and do things with the kids and so on and so forth. So um, pretty cool. So I hope everybody else is going to have a, a good fourth if they do celebrate that. Uh, we're going to get into the show in a second, but, you know, let's just let's just uh, chit chat for a quick second. Um, feel free to fast forward to the to the main content if you choose. But um, but yeah, so, you know, I hope everybody else is going to have a great fourth of July. You know, uh, man, you know, um, luckily I live in, a, in an area where, you know, fireworks aren't going to be all night near my window. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we used to live in those areas, man, where it's just like, damn, the fireworks is like right there by my window and I got to work the next day and I got kids who still wake up in the middle of the night and my wife is going crazy because, you know, she's stressed out and all this, you know, we, we, we used to, we, that used to be my life 4th of July now. So yeah, they still do the, you know, when I first, when I first moved where I live now, you know, what, three, four years ago, I think maybe three years ago, there was no fireworks, zero, but you know, the community has been changing a little bit, you know what I'm saying? So now you hear some fireworks. You know what I mean? You hear a little bit more fireworks than you did a couple of years ago, but nothing too crazy, nothing too much like I used to have to deal with back in the day. <clears throat> um, but it's all good. <clears throat> it's all good. It's all good. Um, you know, this June actually was a good month as well. You know, we just come out of, we, we're just coming out of June. So we got half of the year half of the year already, already gone. So, um, you know, looking forward to the next half of the year, looking forward to a prosperous second half. And I hope the same thing for everybody. But, uh, yeah, June was great. You know, my, my wife's birthday is in June and we had a big, big celebration. You know, she turned 30 and we had a huge celebration and we celebrated for like damn near a week. You know what I'm saying? It's the middle of June. Um, so honestly, I'm still kind of recovering from that. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and then um, what else? What, what else happened? Then Father's Day. Father Day. Father's Day was fantastic. You know what I'm saying? I got I got a chance to do things that um, that I that I should have done um, before, but my wife put some stuff together. And uh, one of the things was she set me up to go to the shooting range. I've been trying to go to the shooting range for a long time. And she set something up and uh, on Father's Day. And that, that, that was great. My first time going. And, and that it just, it was fantastic. You know what I'm saying? It was fantastic. So I'm looking forward to um, getting back on track where, where I left off in terms of learning more about guns, gun safety, and, and um I'm, you know, planning to go to the range at least every other week. So it just got me back on my mindset on, you know, where I was when I first bought my firearm. <clears throat> so um, that was that was exciting. And it was just exciting to get that get back into the groove of, yeah, I got to get my make sure I get my firearms training and getting all the stuff ready and get everything situated to how I planned on having things situated, but didn't get around to it. So, um, I'm glad, glad that, that, that allowed me to get, get, uh, kicked back into gear. Uh, so yeah. So anyways, just, we're just coming off of June, still feeling great about June. 
uh, July, got some other stuff going on, just personal stuff, not, not necessarily business stuff, but personal stuff. And, and, um, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping and wishing that others are, you know, you know, experiencing life in any other, in, in, in any possible way that, 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 that matters to them. So, um, and if not, and if not, I hope by me sharing some of the things that I'm, you know, you know, just, just doing on, on a personal basis, um, will kind of maybe encourage you to do so just kind of, you know, um, enjoy some other areas in life <clears throat> on a personal basis. So, um, let's, let's get into this episode. Let's get into this episode. I think I'm, I'm done fooling around talking about everything else. I know people come for the crypto. People come for the crypto info. And um, so let's get into it. I wish I said I wish I said this when I first started the crypto folio series, I guess you can say. It's only been a few episodes, but um, I wish I would have said this at the beginning. Uh, first thing, first thing and foremost, I am not a crypto enthusiast. I don't care about crypto directly. Like I, I don't, I don't care. I'm not. I'm not a uh, what they call them Bitcoin maxis. I'm not an Ethereum maxi. What I like to do is, I like to learn about the landscape. <clears throat> like what is going on? What are people doing? What do people want to do? What is this going to turn into? How is this going to affect, uh, you know, how we do business or how we invest or, you know, where do I put the money? That's the only thing I really care about is where do I put the money and when do I sell? That's the only thing I really care about. Okay. I care about making money in crypto. I don't care about crypto. I don't use it. I probably would never use it. Yeah, I would never say never, but if Bitcoin if Bitcoin becomes a real thing, I'll probably be using Bitcoin. Everything else, you know, I, oh, you know what? I probably would like to use Ave in the future, you know, but I'm not really interested in, you know, all the uh, nuances of crypto on how to store it and how to do this with it and, you know, do this with it and do that. I'm cool. Just get me. I just want the basics. You know, I want to buy my little NFTs here, hold those there, sell those when I need to, when I need to sell them, follow some uh, artists, NFT artists on Twitter. I like doing that, seeing what they're doing. I like hearing what people are talking about. I like hearing people talk about crypto, like, okay, what's the public sentiment? What are people excited about? You know, are we in a bull market, bear market? Uh, where, where, are, what is the sentiment? Where do I need to, where do I need to put my money? Do I need to hold on? Do I need to wait? I care about strategy. I don't care about crypto particularly. Okay. So I wish I would have got that off when I first started. So maybe people won't have the wrong impression when they're listening or when they click on these types of these, these type of episodes that I create. You know, I'm only about the money. That's what I'm about. Okay. So I don't have detailed notes. I've been very busy. And I'm going to, you know, go off these notes that I have and hopefully the episode goes how I want it to go <clears throat> or how I planned on it going in my head. 
But um, essentially, there are three things I want to get through. Um, <clears throat> and if you hear me burping or smacking my lips or anything like that, that's the Coke. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's me sipping on the Coke. Okay. First things first. <clears throat> first things first is... Um, I hate to tell you guys, I hate to break it down to you. I hate to be the first one to tell you. I hate to even say this. I hate to say hate. But I hate that I have to tell you this. The game is rigged. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. You may not want to get into the tinfoil hat stuff. But I'm not the first person to realize this. If anything, I am the last person to realize this. But the game is rigged. All right. Now, let me uh, preface some of this. I think the game, is, all the games are rigged. Every single market is rigged. Okay. Now, rigged. Not necessarily meaning there are there's someone at the top holding, you know, having uh, finger strings, uh, like controlling puppets, you know, you know, in a way, metaphor, um, you know, maybe as a, a metaphorically, maybe that is true, but I don't, I don't mean that. I don't mean there's a group of people, um, who control every single thing. Even though that may be true, it may be true, you know, but that's not, you know, my default. Uh, understanding but the game is rigged okay so uh, the first thing we have to realize about crypto in particular I don't own any stocks let me let me let me I forgot about my preface so let me let me let me preface this what I'm saying so I'm, I'm specifically talking about uh, commodities right so crypto is a commodity Bitcoin, Ethereum, these are commodities. These are treated, they're, they're, they're in the category of commodities. They're not in a crypto, they're not in a crypto section of investing. They're treated like commodities, okay? So, what is a commodity? Okay, so if you bring it back to e-commerce if you bring it back to e-commerce right so if you sell if you sell physical products like for example uh, tissue tissue is like a commodity is a commodity that means the difference between one tissue and another tissue sure there are differences but not really all right, not really. They just all they come from paper. Now, okay, so those that, that's an example that could be argued. Let me give you an example that cannot be argued. Okay, so your dollar bill, you have a one dollar bill, and I have a one dollar bill. Okay, <clears throat> excuse me. If we exchange dollar bills. You aren't gaining anything. I'm not losing anything. I'm not gaining anything, and you're not losing anything. 
it's the same thing. It does the same thing. So that is an example of a commodity. A commodity is, is basically uh, things that are the same. There's no differentiator between them. And if you have, if you own a commodity, it's no different than someone else's commodity. It's no different. So if I have a, if I have a piece of gold, that's pure gold, I have a pound of it, you have a pound of gold, a pure, pure gold, the value is the same. Whatever the value is at that time, it's the same. All right? So it's a commodity. So you got commodities. Oil is a commodity. Bitcoin is a commodity. There's no difference between one Bitcoin that I own and one Bitcoin that you own. Okay, there's no difference. All right? The same value. So those are commodities. Commodities are deemed speculative. In the, term, in, the, in the world of investing, commodities are the speculative investments. All right? So when people when people are pretty good on their non-speculative investments, so they may be, you know, good with their dividends, they may be good with their bonds or U.S. treasuries, those are arguably non-risky uh, assets. They go to the, you know, after they put all their money where they want to put it there, then they go to the commodities market. All right. They go to the commodities market and then start speculating, taking bigger risks on Bitcoin and Ethereum and the dollar and all this other stuff. OK, so 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 that's the first thing we have to realize. And that's something I, I learned just recently is that crypto is is a commodity is treated like commodities in the market so it doesn't matter and 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 let me let me home let me let me bring this home real quick it doesn't matter the adoption um not necessarily the adoption it doesn't matter it doesn't matter that if bitcoin is legal tender in El Salvador, legal tender in wherever, banned from China. None of that matters. None of it matters. Now, there may be a blip in price, up or down, but none of it matters because the game is rigged. It's rigged. Okay, so you have to figure out how it is rigged and how to make money as it's being rigged. All right. So, you know, the commodities, it's for people who uh, I'm I'm a little bit more I'm I'm a little bit more of a risk taker. Um, uh, And I probably shouldn't be as, as big of a risk taker as I am. And I'm learning that I'm trying to, you know calm down a little bit i came into this investing game or the market or yeah investing let's say investing game i came into it uh speculating taking big risks and that was me doing the bitcoin thing a couple years ago and i lost all my money so um my perspective is a little bit more um 
my perspective is a little bit different than someone who comes in from a non-speculative. So they're looking, they, they came in, they came in the game trying to get cash flow. They came in the game trying to, you know, buy dividends or they came in the game trying to just own some stock from Amazon or, or, or Facebook back, back in the day. You know, my perspective is a little bit different. And the game is rigged differently in that area. But if you're talking about strictly commodities, the thing about commodities, the reason why commodities are, I, I think, are more rigged probably than any other part of the market is because um, they don't have any, they, they, this is true for stocks too, but the value of commodities um it's harder to value commodities and because it's harder to value commodities that's where the exploitation and the um that's where the exploitation comes from or that's where that's where the opportunity to rig something comes from it's the opportunity to rig something because you know, if I say, you know, um, like, how, you know, think about it, Bitcoin, think about it. Okay. Bitcoin at some point was a thousand dollars for one coin at some point was one cent. And then it goes all the way up to 69,000. There's no logic in that. There's zero logic in that. Zero. There's not enough people, not, not there, there wasn't that many people adopting Bitcoin that would that would logically make it make sense. Okay, so people started adopting Bitcoin, quote unquote, in 2020. Um, no, no, no. Wait, let's see. That was yeah, 2020. That's when it was reaching all time highs, all the way up to 64,000. Now it did go mainstream at that time. Let's let's not let's not let's not let's not say that it wasn't it didn't go mainstream. It did, but from a logical standpoint. There was not that many people adopting Bitcoin to where uh, the price can go from twenty all the way up to sixty-four thousand or ten thousand all the way up to sixty-four thousand, you know, in like what four, five, six months. It's illogical, and you can play those you can play those type of games with commodities. Now, crypto is a little bit different because now you're playing on people's foolishness, right? So. You know, um, that was me when I was coming in. I was, you know, they were, uh, my foolishness was being played on. And that that's where the opportunity was for the people who rigged the market is, first of all, you can't value this Bitcoin thing. It's only valued based on what people think. It's not a company. It doesn't make any money. You know what I'm saying? So you can really put anything, you can put any value on it and, and people will accept it. There will be enough people willing to accept this high value to where they keep buying they keep buying and buying and buying Bitcoin at the highest levels just for them to short the market and take your money. Okay? So the game is rigged, okay? Commodities game. Now I think the entire game is rigged, but I don't have that much information on everything else. I know the commodities. I'm learning more about commodities, crypto, and things like that. That's why I know most of which is not a lot, but that's what I know a little bit more of, okay? No, I don't know everything. I don't even know close to anything, really, you know? But it's the game that I'm learning, okay? So it's rigged. 
So what do you do when the game is rigged? You have to, I, I believe, you have to learn how to become what they call a contrarian. Okay, a contrarian. How do you think? How do you think in the opposite direction of the crowd? Let's keep it current. Now, a lot, of, a lot of people, a lot of people, in the past month or so, have been screaming about recession. Now. <clears throat> you really think about it I try to really think about this I say uh, I say to myself I say self everybody's talking about recession now I ask myself self now if we're in a recession if everybody's talking about a recession If everybody is saying it's a recession, then A, we were probably already in the recession. We're not getting ready to go to recession. Because everybody's saying we're going into recession. Like, okay. So if everybody's saying that, then we're already in a recession. Or, or, the market is about to bounce back like crazy. It's about to bounce back like crazy. Or, so that's, that's, that's the second option. So the first option is we either already in one, the market is getting ready to bounce, or C, let's, go, let's, let's call it C, the third one, is, is kind of a question and not really a direction, is what would be the precedent what would be the precedent if everybody's calling a recession and then we actually go into a recession? What would that really look like? So you're telling me that the masses can call for a recession and the recession and the recession really happens in real like it really happens? What would be the precedent of that? How can it be a recession if you can call it? If most people can call it, it's not. Is that even possible? Is that possible to do? Like, think about like the two thousand eight. Um, was it called the Great Recession? Right. Now there are there are people who are probably calling bad things like. Okay, so like Peter Schiff, for example. So if you look up Peter Schiff, he was one of the one of the people who was really calling out the bubble of 2008 with the mortgage crisis. Now, he didn't know how badly it would get. He was he was able to just say, "Hey, a lot of people um the price of homes are skyrocketing because a lot of people have access to debt." Okay? Now, he had no idea about what the effects would be or how long it would take for the market to bottom, the housing market, and all that other kind of stuff. But he was calling for it. Now, the majority of people did not see it coming. It just happened. That's a recession. Like, when something's bad, something really bad happens, 
It just happens because if you if you know in advance that something bad is going to happen, it's actually not that bad. You prepare for it. So if the game is rigged, if the markets are rigged, why would the riggers allow you to call the recession? No, 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 no. All right. So let's 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 uh, kind of I kind of went on a little rant on that third option. So let's go through each one real quick. So the first option, um, the first option, so we have, um, forgive me, I had to take a quick break, but now we're back. So let's go through the three options. The first one being that um, if everybody's calling a recession, we must already be in a recession. We're gonna we're gonna keep this current. We're gonna try to keep this current. We're not gonna try to look back too much. I'm gonna try not to look back too much. But if everybody's saying recession, that means we're already in one. And there's grounds to to believe that. Okay, so we have inflation, right? Inflation has been a topic way before. Uh, people were calling a recession, okay? So inflation has been a problem. Gas prices have been a problem. Ukraine and the war in Ukraine has been a problem. You know, uh, what else? What else? Um, what else we, we, we've been dealing with? Um, I guess jobs, maybe. You know, jobs. We're coming off of, you know, the lockdowns and COVID and all that kind of stuff. So jobs, that's been an issue. Oh, the housing. The housing market, the price of housing has been a problem. So that has, has a lot to do with inflation. So um, so all of these things have been actually problems before people were calling recession. So if people were calling recession, we were probably already in one, okay? So what is a recession? Now, ah, oh man, I wish I, I wish I wrote this down, but... Um, one of the things people were talking about, well, uh, people were talking about while everybody's calling it recession, people were asking, well, who calls the recession? How do you know we're in a recession? And it was, um, it's when the Fed, uh, they come up with this report. If it, it, It's like with GDP growth or something like that. When GDP growth, <clears throat> excuse me, G- GDP growth for two consecutive quarters are negative, we're in a recession. Ah, man, and and I could be wrong about that. I know it's two consecutive quarters of something, and I know it has something to do with some type of report that the Fed put, uh, um, the Fed uh, uh, brings out. Um, But maybe if you Google it, you'd be able to find out what I'm talking about. But um, this report hasn't came out yet. I think it comes out in July uh, for second quarter. And the, the first quarter uh, report was negative. Um, it's some type of Fed report. Damn it, I wish I wrote this down. But um, the second report comes out in July, okay? If that report says, I think I think it's GDP, I think that's the metric. I think if GDP, gross domestic, gross domestic product, the value of all products created in the United States, uh, if that's negative, for two consecutive quarters, the first quarter was negative. If this one's negative, then we're in a recession. Okay. So now that when that comes out, 
that is probably going to have an adverse reaction. But here's where it gets tricky. This is exactly where it gets tricky. So this is where the segue is to the second part. So the second option is that I was talking to myself about is that if everybody's calling recession, that means the market is about to bounce up and it's about to go fast. That means the market is about to go ridiculously fast upwards and everybody calling for recession is going to miss it because they don't even think they think we're going into recession. So they're so the, the rigors of the game are putting their money into the market while the masses are being stupid and calling for recession. And then the market bounces up. There's more assets for the riggers to buy. And they're going to get it at the lowest price possible while the market is bouncing, while everybody else is not buying assets at the lowest possible price. Okay. And then the riggers are going to sell it. They're going to sell it to the people who called for recession. But then they realize, oh, we're not in a recession. So we need to start buying. But now they're buying at a little bit of a higher price than what they could have bought when they were calling for recession. Okay. So you see where I'm going with my thinking? That's how the game is rigged. Okay. So let me first, let me first say this real quick. So <clears throat> these riggers that I'm calling for, these are the market makers. Okay. So if anybody knows about the market makers, that's what I'm referring to. So those are the riggers. All right. So we'll call them market makers because it sounds a little too close. All right. So, um, <laughs> so, so if you, like, I, I've been, uh, kind of direct, I've been directing people to a YouTube channel called, uh, traders reality. Right. So there is, is, is where I got started in my trading in that quote unquote trading, you know, game. Right. Um, his system of doing things, Trader's reality. His system is 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 his his system is a combination of two existing systems already. So you have something called PVSRA, and PVSRA um, puts emphasis. Um, you know, I, I, and I'm not I'm not trying. I'm gonna, I'm going to get off this technicality stuff, this technical stuff in a second, but just to preface what I'm going to be saying moving forward. Something called P PVSRA. So there's two. These, these, he calls it the hybrid. You know, calls it the hybrid. It's just it's just a combination of two existing systems, called PVSRA, and that puts emphasis on uh, something called the 50 EMA. They call it Dragon, and um, the volume of the candlesticks. So um, you know that's for the people who like looking at charts and stuff like that. So the candlesticks on the charts, the volume. You know, red, blue. Not red, blue, red, green, violet, blue, blah, 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 okay? So, and then, so you have, uh, and, and that's, that's, that's technical analysis stuff, all right? Uh, it's called technical analysis, looking at charts and all that stuff, right? And then that second part is, is, uh, is, is uh, Steve Merrow's market makers theory. And he may not call it market makers theory, but it's Steve Merrow. 
you look up Steve Merrill, Market Maker, this dude is is mad. Okay, the dude is mad, and you can tell. I, I listen to some of his stuff, and it's not a lot of his stuff is on on, on the internet. Um, you have to buy, you know, courses and stuff like that. But whatever, whatever I did listen to, you could tell the dude. You could tell dude has been staring at his screen for years for years on end and figuring out whatever the hell he's talking about he knows what the fuck he's talking about okay so um so market makers right these are market makers these are the 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 riggers i was saying so i'm just gonna say market makers moving forward okay so you know if you want to get deep into that stuff sure you know but that's what i'm referring to so so um so yeah, so that's where market makers, the, the whole job, the whole purpose of these, these, uh, see the way, the way you have to look at it is the whole job, the, the job of the market maker is to entice you to put your money up or, or to not put your money up, but generally it is to put your money up. Okay, it's, in, it's to entice you. They move price up. And as you see price going up, you buy in. They're, they're moving price up. Okay. They're moving price up for you to buy in. Now they're enticing you to buy. See, before, in, in order for it to go up, it has to go down. So let's, let's, let's go back a step. We're going to use market maker logic to what I'm saying about the market. Uh, the market is getting ready to bounce that, you know, option B. Okay. So here's the market maker's logic. Okay. All right, cool. Let's put out news. Let's put out, you know, um, let's create the sentiment. Let's create it. Or sometimes it's organic organic excuse me organic sentiment about the market so two things either happen for for everybody to start talking about recession so either that idea was planted through news channels and social media so social media being a news channel news channels or it kind of organically happened okay um I err on the second, I err on the first side. I err that it was, uh, it was manufactured, you know, rather it was them bringing price down. See, the thing is, everybody is part of a process in terms of, if you, in, in terms of how they react to the market. Everything you do has been planned out already. You're not doing anything different. If you're not putting money into market, um, that was already planned out for you. If you're putting money in the market, that was already planned out for you. If you're selling right now, you're selling your assets, that was already planned out. Meaning that they are this was already thought out. You know, you're not you're not doing anything unique. Okay, but let me, let me, let me, let me, let me get back to this. Okay, let me, let me stay focused. All right. So 
market's down right now, right? Market's down. So either organically people, you know, you know, through a matter of weeks, months, people start talking about recession, all right? Um, or, you know, news, social media, you know, seeds were being planted out there and now everybody's talking about recession. What happens at that moment? What could happen? Option B is if enough people are choosing not to, uh, if enough people are choosing not to put any money, uh, if enough people are not choosing to put any money in the market, all right, or they're, um, they are, they're betting against the market. Let's, let's, let's use it that way. So if you're not putting money in the market, you're psychologically betting against the market. Okay. Now there's also people who actually put money up to bet against the market. They're shorting the market. That, that's what that is. They're betting that the market is going to go lower. So if you say, yeah, we're, we're, we're going into recession or it's a recession, right? So what you're saying to yourself is markets are going to go down. Okay. Now, the, the, the goal of the market maker is to, for you to, is to entice you to commit your money, okay? So you can either commit your money and bet against the market going up, right? You're betting against Bitcoin, for example, or just, you know, let's just say Bitcoin. You're betting against Bitcoin. So you're betting against Bitcoin, so you think it's going to go down, okay? So let's say you do that. Let's say you... You put some money up and you're betting. The market maker has enticed you to bet against the market with all the news and, and all the, uh, everybody's saying recession. Okay. If enough people bet against the market, the market is going to go up. And I'm going to explain something and this is, this is going to be a little bit technical. I'm going to try not to make it technical. Okay. Here's why. Okay. Here's why. So if the people who committed money to the market to bet against the market or Bitcoin. Okay. So the people who put money up, they're saying the market is going to go down. Okay. So they make their money. Let's say Bitcoin right now. Bitcoin is hovering about 19, 20,000. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm trying to use, uh, I'm going to try to use basic numbers. Let me try. Okay. So let's say 20,000. Let's say Bitcoin is 20,000. You're hearing everybody say it's a recession. You put your money up. You say, I'm going to bet against Bitcoin and I'm going to uh, uh, bet against Bitcoin. I'm going to bet that it's going to go to 15,000. Okay. I'm going to bet that Bitcoin is going to go, go down to 15,000. All right. So if Bitcoin goes to 15,000 and you bought a full Bitcoin, this is assuming you bought a full Bitcoin, you bought uh, you're, you're, you're shorting a full Bitcoin. Right. So if Bitcoin goes to 15,000, you make five grand. OK, you bet that it's going to 15,000. So. You make five grand. I'm not going to get on in the technicals of how a short works. Because we just try to keep it simple. You make five grand if it goes to fifteen thousand. That's the difference. 
between what it is now and then what you think it's going to go to. Now, if you if you're betting that it's going to go to 25,000 uh, excuse me, uh, 15,000, you may put something called a stop loss at let's say 25,000. So if you if you if if Bitcoin goes to 25,000, you're going to take your bet off the table. That's what that is. So if you bet against Bitcoin, you're saying, all right, cool, you know, but here's my insurance policy. My insurance policy is if it goes up to 25,000, uh, I'm going to take my bet off the table. At that point, you lose five grand. If Bitcoin goes to 25,000, you lose five grand because you were betting it was going to go to 15. And it goes actually 5,000 above the current price. So you lost five grand. Now, here's how this works. Those people who put their, their, uh, they put their, they, 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 they go into Binance, they go into Coinbase or whatever, and they put it on their, they put it in their, their, their system or their account that at 25,000, I'm going to take my bet off the table. They put it, they put it there. Just in case, right? Just in case, like, if they go to sleep or something, right? They go to sleep and the market jumps to 30000 They get the stop at 25000 But they weren't up all night, so they didn't, you know, so that's why they put their their their, their stop right there at 25000 okay? So if, if, let's say, for example, you have thousands and thousands of people making the same bet. Thousands and thousands of people. Let's say let's say a million people. Let's, okay, let's just keep it at a thousand. Let's say a thousand people make the same exact bet. Everybody saying it's a recession. Everybody's saying it's a recession, right? So everybody's gonna make the same bet. So everybody's betting that Bitcoin's gonna go to fifteen thousand. But they go into their their their, uh, their Binance account. They put a stop. All thousand people put a stop at twenty five thousand, just so they don't get surprised. If it goes to thirty thousand, while they while they fall asleep, all right. So they're gonna take their all all thousand people are gonna take their bet off of the table if Bitcoin goes to twenty five thousand. Okay, I know I'm saying the same thing over and over, but I'm just trying to like make sure uh, I'm I'm coherent. <laughs> but uh, maybe maybe I am. Maybe I'm overdoing it. But but you get my point now. You guys understand what I'm saying now, okay? So it's this it's important because the next thing we're gonna say. It would make sense, okay? Because if I don't emphasize this part, nothing else I'm going to say is going to make sense. So all thousand people put a stop at twenty five thousand on their Binance account. I'm going to say they're all selling on Binance. Guess what? Market maker, market makers, or the riggers, right? The riggers can see your stops. The riggers see your stop at 25,000. What do you think they're going to do? Are they going to allow price to go down to 15,000? Are they going to allow price to go where you want it to go so you can make money? Because if you make money, the riggers are losing money. 
because the riggers have to sell to you or they have to buy from you because the riggers are what's called the liquidity uh, providers. They provide the money in the system. Okay, so when you're buying Bitcoin, you're not buying Bitcoin from Binance. You're not buying stocks from Robinhood. You're not. You're not. You're placing an order. Robinhood is the middle person. They get that. They get the stocks for you, or you know, they do the transaction for you. That's why you pay them a commission because they're a middle person. All right. They're in cahoots with the liquidity providers, the market makers. Okay, so let's 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 bring it back. Let's bring it back. So the market makers, they see all thousand stops at twenty five thousand. Now, if the price right now is twenty thousand, right? Price right now is twenty thousand. People are placing their orders. At twenty thousand, people who you know who bought Bitcoin five six years ago, and they 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 want to sell at twenty thousand at the current price. Okay, who has to buy that? You think, you think when you want to sell your Bitcoin, or your stock or whatever, you think when you sell your asset, that Billy Bo Bob, on the other side of the world, is buying your asset? simultaneously no that's not what's happening it's the market makers the liquidity providers they buy it at 20,000 you want to sell and the service that they are offering is that you can sell at any point in time you can buy at any point in time because in without them here's how it will work you want to buy a you you want to, you you bought Bitcoin at a thousand dollars five years ago three years ago whatever it was, it's twenty thousand dollars today. You want to sell your bit you want to sell a Bitcoin you want to you want to buy an Escalade, okay? You want to you know put twenty thousand down so you want to sell a Bitcoin. Who are you gonna sell it to? You you, you just think like oh, okay. At the same time that I want to sell my Bitcoin, someone else wants to buy my Bitcoin. There's a lot of people in this world, but that ain't going to happen. Not for everybody. So the service that the liquidity provider offers is for you to be able to sell at any point in time. For you to be able to buy at any point in time. So now that you understand that, let's bring it back to our example. Let's bring it back to our example. Billy Bo Bob or Billy Jane, Billy Jane Bob wants to sell her Bitcoin for 20,000 today. Market maker buys the Bitcoin. Not Scolio Joe from across the country. No. Liquidity maker has to buy it. Okay, that's the service they offer. They have unlimited amounts of money. Okay, so that person buys it. Uh, uh, excuse me, market maker buys it. Okay, so Billy Bo Jane is gone. Okay, she sold her Bitcoin. She's deuces to her. 
Market Maker now has this asset that's twenty thousand dollars a Bitcoin. Now, here's where you come in. You come in. Oh, it's a recession. It's a recession. I'm going to short the market. I'm going to short the market. Fifteen thousand. I'm I'm betting it's going to go fifteen thousand. I'm going to put my stop at twenty five thousand. This is you talking. I'm going to put my stop at twenty five thousand. Just in case I fall asleep, and there's no surprises when I wake up. If it's thirty thousand, because if it goes to thirty thousand, I'm going to lose ten grand. So I'll put my stop at twenty five, but I'm betting that's going to go to fifteen. Market maker just bought Bitcoin for twenty thousand. He sees your stop at twenty five. Where do you think price is going to go? He controls price. Where do you think the riggers are going to send the price? Huh? Do you follow me now? Do you follow me now? That's why option B is a huge possibility, because if everybody's screaming recession, recession, that means the market may just bounce right back. It may just bounce right back. That means that if it's going to bounce right back, only if there's enough people betting against against the market there has to be enough people there has to be enough stops a little bit higher than where price is right now 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 what's going to happen is price can go up take out the take out those stops because what see because what the market maker is going to do is that twenty thousand dollar bitcoin that they just bought from billy bo jane and now they see you coming in. You want to bet that price is going to go to 15000 but you put your stop at twenty five. What they're going to do is they're going to send price up to twenty five. Take you out because at 25000 when you're shorting, you're gonna, that means you, you, you lost five grand. So that means you bought Bitcoin at 25000 So when you short the market, you don't buy until you you don't buy until later. Okay, you don't buy until your transaction is, is is closed, right? You're just you're 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 betting. You're, you're you're actually borrowing, but but not go get too technical. That twenty five thousand that means you have to buy it at twenty five thousand if it goes to twenty five thousand because that's where your stop is. So you just bought it from the market maker for twenty five thousand. So the market maker makes five grand. Now, if price goes down to fifteen grand, the market maker has a twenty thousand dollar Bitcoin. If for some reason they want to bring price down, maybe there's a net positive down the line. They bring price down, they're selling their twenty thousand asset to you for fifteen thousand. So you made five grand. They lost five grand. Do you think that's what they want to do? They're not in the business of losing money, even though they have unlimited money. I hope this makes sense. I might have, I might have to explain this again another time, but I hope that makes sense. Please, and I think that the next time I'll be able to explain it uh, more fluidly. 
but just listen to it again. Listen to the scenario again, because it, it makes sense, okay? Anyways, um, so option B, that's option B, okay? So option A is either we're already in a recession, and option B is, yeah, price is going to go back up, it's going to bounce up. Now, just because price bounce up doesn't mean it can't go back down, you know? So once it goes up to 25000 that's where all the stops are. Market makers are going to take their money and then play the game all over again. Bring price down. Mm-hmm. And then play the game again. Right? Okay. So anyways. Um, so, uh, so, so in response to what people are saying about the market, this is in response to people who are saying about the recession. Okay? We're either already in one. We're getting ready to bounce from where we are now. Or, um, or, or we're actually going to continue to go down. So if you ask yourself, uh, uh, or, or, or excuse me, or option C is, is, it's not really, it's not really a direction, excuse me, option C is not really a direction that we can go. It's just something to think about. Option C is like, well, what would be the precedent if we called it? And price actually went down, so they all, it all, they all kind of play into each other, you know, all the options, because the market makers is 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 a little is is clever. Market makers are clever, right? So, if people are calling for recession or it is a recession, um, it just doesn't really make much sense that we will ev- we will just go into a recession because the masses say we're going to re- go in recession. All right. So, um, just ask yourself, you know, um, ask yourself, when was the last time we called it and it actually just happened right after that? I mean, on a, on a mass scale, you know, not a few people here and here, you know, calling out, that something bad's gonna happen. No, that the masses said recession, and then we just dipped into a deep recession. Okay, it, it just doesn't make sense when you follow the logic of the market maker, right? The market maker's not gonna just allow the, the market just to go down after everybody's calling for it, because that means they they're the market maker's gonna lose money. Because the market maker is buying assets at every single price. Okay, so if they're buying up all the assets at the current price, if they're buying assets at the current price, or if they're providing liquidity for for people who's selling who are selling their assets at the current price, then um, they're gonna have to you know sell into a losing market like everybody else. That doesn't make logic. That doesn't make logical sense. Okay, it doesn't make logical sense. Now, <clears throat> that isn't to say that we won't see a bounce like option B, and then go back down, okay? Um, so, let, yeah, so let's, let's call option C, let's call option C that. Option C is we're either going to bounce up and then go back down. So option B is just bouncing all the way back up, like just skyrocketing from, from where we are. Not overnight, but on, on the way there, right? But option C is bounce fall okay so that is actually a more likely scenario 
when everybody's calling for a recession is we're going to either bounce and go lower. Here's why I say it's, it's a more likely option. I could be wrong. It can, it can go in either three options can happen. And it may be, there may be other options, too, that I, did, I didn't consider. But what I'm saying is if we bounce and go back down, the reason why we would do that is obviously for obvious reasons. So they can the market makers can play the game again. Okay, they take out the stops, they they bring price down so they can buy at the lowest price possible, and then sell to you at the highest price possible. Okay, and they go back down, and then go back down. You know what I'm saying? And just it's the game over and over and over. But where where I'm getting at is is <clears throat> is when people are because part of what people part of what people are saying when we're, when they, when they say oh we're in a recession. Or, um, yeah, we're in a recession or we're going into recession. Some people believe that that also means a bottom. Now, I, I, and these are lessons, these are hard lessons. And the reason why I could talk like this is because I put my money, I put a lot of money up. I got, I'm, I'm, my, all my money is evaporated in the market. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's evaporated. I mean, that's how I see it. It's gone. And when you pay, you pay attention, you know. And I, it, honestly, I, you know, sure you can learn this stuff without putting your money up, but you learn it a little bit differently when you got some skin in the game. It's a little bit different, you know. But anyways, um, uh, people are calling for bottom, you know. And, and honestly, some of the conversation before people were talking about recession were we're at a bottom. So there's also, you know, the people are already having that talk. It's not really mainstream talk yet, but people who think we're in a recession can also mean, you know, we're at a bottom. And it's, all this stuff kind of ties in, because if we're at a bottom, that means we're going to bounce up, kind of like option B. But, um, but no, you know, if people are thinking we're at a bottom, that means prices are going to go even lower. Prices, because the market maker is not going to allow you to be right the market maker is not going to allow you to be right. That's the game. The game is for you not to be right. Okay? If you're right, that means you're making money and they're losing money. So if you're calling for a bottom, price can go actually lower. It may bounce and then go lower, or it could just go lower. It, it, it can just go lower. Like, like I said, market makers have unlimited money. And because they have unlimited money, they can also be unlimitedly irrational. That's the scary part about the market is they can be irrational and they can be irrational for as long as they want. All right. They can be less. They can be irrational for as long as they want. They have unlimited money. Okay. So anyways, so markets can actually go down even further because if because here's the thing, like I said, the whole goal is for you to put your money up. That is the main thing. As long as you're putting money into the market, they're going to figure out, the market maker's going to figure out which direction they want to go in. But you, the, the, their, their main job is for you to commit dollars to them. Okay, let's, let's give an example of people calling for a bottom, right? So option C is people within the group of recession talk think we're at a bottom and the price can actually go down. So you're either going to bounce up and go down or just continue to go down. Okay, so here's the, here's the logic, actually. It, it can be logical. Here's the logic. For a market maker, you're calling for bottom. Here, here, here's where it gets tricky. You're calling for bottom, right? 
Market Maker will not allow you to be right. So this is the opposite of the example from, from option B. So you're calling for bottom, okay? So you put your money in. Let's say Bitcoin is 20,000, right? Bitcoin is 20,000. You buy Bitcoin for 20,000. We're at a bottom, you say. So what, that, what does that mean? You say we're at a bottom, so that means you think you're gonna make a profit in a second. Or in a, in a minute, or in a day, or in a couple weeks or so, you think you're gonna make a profit because you're you're at the bottom. You are in your Binance account. You buy a Bitcoin for twenty thousand. You put a stop at fifteen thousand. This is the opposite. You put a stop at fifteen thousand, saying that if price goes down, I'm gonna take my bet off the table and sell my Bitcoin for fifteen thousand. You lose five grand. See, when you were you were betting against Bitcoin, you were actually making five grand if if price goes to fifteen thousand. But this case, you think it's gonna bounce up. Okay, so you're betting it's gonna go up. So you put a stop at fifteen thousand. You put a um, a sale at twenty five. Let's say you put a sale at twenty five. Let's say like, you know what? Just in case, um, while I'm asleep, Bitcoin goes to 25, and let's say it drops back down to 23 before I wake up. You don't want that to happen while you're sleeping. So just in case while you're asleep, you put a stop at 25,000 because you think it hit 25,000. If it goes to 25,000, you make a profit of five grand. If it goes to 15,000, you obviously make a loss. So, market makers, the riggers are going to look at your Binance account because they have access to that and say, hmm, this guy, this guy, Billy Bo Bob, has a stop at 15000 He's willing to sell at, he's willing to sell for 15, he's willing to sell his $20,000 Bitcoin for 15000 now, multiply that by a thousand people doing the exact same thing. Where do you think market maker is going to send price? He's going to send it down to fifteen thousand. Why? Because you're willing to sell at fifteen thousand. You and the next thousand people, and it allows them to buy it from you for fifteen thousand at a lower price. You, you automatically, when you put your stops on these Binance accounts and all this stuff, you are literally showing your hand. You're saying what you're willing to lose. You're saying, you're saying your asset is worth less than what you're willing to take. That's like, that's like this. That's like, that's like saying, hey, my, my house, I'm going to sell it for a million dollars, y'all. I'm going to sell my house for a million dollars. I'm going to put it up for a million dollars. I'm going to list it for one million dollars on my website. You know, or on the listing website, whatever. Right under where it says listed for a million dollars, it says I'll take nine hundred thousand as well. Now you have a potential buyer coming to your website, looking at this and saying, "Hmm, where do you think? What do you think he's going to offer you?" That's exactly what's happening on Binance. 
and all these uh, other, other platforms you're selling and, and buying and selling uh, assets on, Robinhood, wherever else, okay? They can see your hand. I hope I'm making sense, y'all. I hope I'm making sense. So the game is rigged that way, okay? Game is rigged. But um, I think they call this contrarian thinking. We start thinking like a contrarian. Whenever you think the market's going up, whatever the sentiment is the market's going up, think it's going down and vice versa. It can only go up, it can only go down. Okay, when, when it's going down, you need to start thinking about it's gonna, it's gonna go up. When it's going up, you need to start thinking about when it's going down. You know, take your money, get out. You know, that's that's the, the 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 slow lesson that I'm learning. Take your money, get out. Not hodl. You know, not when it comes to crypto. You know, maybe you can hodl some, but not everything. You know. Yeah. So. Um. That's all I got for you guys, man. There was a lot of stuff I wanted to get through. <laughs> but uh, but we definitely are not going to be able to get to it. But it's cool. It's cool. We'll do another one. Um, so what, what I will say, though, what I will say is um, I do not think I'm going to um, continue to title these crypto folio. I'm going to change it because I, I don't, I don't want to just talk about crypto. Uh, even though that gets all the clicks and people are most interested in, you know, people who are, you know, listening most, most on the surface are most interested in, in the crypto stuff. I'm cool on that. You know what I'm saying? Because there's actually something bigger happening. And the thing that's happening is uh, we have a lot of entrepreneurs because this, this is the entrepreneurship type podcast, right? We have a lot of entrepreneurs such as, such as myself who are learning how to be entrepreneurs or are good at entrepreneurship or getting better entrepreneurship. So their focus is on entrepreneurship, but they're very bad investors. That's a lot of us. And that's me. That that's, that's uh, why I, uh, that's why I started adding this part into um, my podcast is because uh, we need to talk, we need to have more conversations about the markets, you know, and um, we need to learn more about them because at some point you're, you're not going to be running your business uh, day in, day out until you die, you know, um, and if you do, that's great, that's great, you know, but you don't want to have to. You want to be able to, you know, build some, my, my focus, my focus is, is, is learning how to build, you know, and I, I, I don't want to use that word passive income, man. I really don't want to use that because it's, it's been overused and I don't want people to get the wrong idea about what I'm talking about. Cause I'm not talking about that. I, I, I am, I am talking about that, but I'm not talking about it, how it's talked about. Okay. So, uh, I want to talk about investing, buying assets that pay you, okay? And building a portfolio, a portfolio of assets that pay you, you know, and will lead you to retirement. 
you know, I wish I thought about this stuff a lot sooner, but it's all good. It's cool. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not sweating. I'm not, I'm not 80 years old. I'm not 60 years old. I'm not even 50 years old, you know? So, um, but even then, you know, it's, you start when you start. I mean, it is what it is. You know what I mean? But we got to start thinking about how we're going to retire and retire is not probably the best word, but having the option to retire, you know, we aren't going to be working, you know, or being able to work how we work, right? At some point we have to either exit our businesses, uh, at, at some point, but you want to have a portfolio of cash flowing assets that will give you the freedom to stop doing your business or continue doing your business. But we have to become better investors and in understanding markets. Uh, and, and sure, you may not have, let's say you don't, you don't have a lot of money. You don't, you don't, you know, you can't commit a lot of money or you don't want to commit money to the market. That's fine. It's better to learn about the market before you invest into the market. Sometimes it's better to do that than when it's time to invest in the market, when you have to, when you, when you are really thinking about investing and you have a lot of money, it's better to not wait until you have a lot of money to start putting into the market because you're going to learn, you're, you're going to, you know, uh, um, you're going to, uh, um, you're going to learn some hard lessons. You're going to learn some hard lessons because you don't know what you're doing. You got a lot of, that's, that's the worst part is having money. Having money is, it could be the worst thing for you, you know, in terms of being able to put him in, put it into into the market, you know the 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 fewer dollars you have, the probably the better it is to start learning about the markets and understanding the markets and actually putting some putting a little bit of money in there, losing some money because if you got a lot of money, you're gonna be putting loads of cash, thinking you know what you're thinking, you know maybe overconfident, maybe overconfident, and then you start losing money, and then it's like goddamn, what the fuck, you know. But no, let's 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 become better investors. Um, even if it's at a basic level, you know, you know, how do I, you know, get some supplemental cash flow? You know, so I want to get more into uh, dividends. I want to get in more into maybe some insurance products. Uh, I want to talk about I want to, you know, I'm, I'm diving into IULs, learning about learning about that, what that is, you know, real estate investment trusts, you know, lending your money. Um and things like that, things that can build cash flow, um, and learning about that, right? Um, so it, 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 it's, I'm sure you heard this stuff plenty of times. You know, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. I mean, it's, the, the stuff is so real. And, and before my thinking was, well, I didn't have any money, so uh, it didn't matter, you know? Um, uh, um, you know, so, and then we also heard this, this before too. Uh, I think Albert Einstein also said it as well. Um, uh, uh, what did he say? Um, interest. Something about interest. Interest is 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 powerful. Those who don't understand it pay it, and those who do understand it earn it. You know, like we we have to become better investors so we can secure our future. So yes, making money is important now. Making money is very important now. But if we are uh, spending all of it, if we're blowing all of it, you know, I've done all, I've done all that plenty of times as well. It's all for nothing, you know. 
And if we're not investing into our future selves, we're always going to be working hard. You know what I'm saying? Always. I mean, yeah, entrepreneurship is cool. We are free from, you know, you become free from the nine to five, but then you can also become a slave to your business. And that's no way to live either. Right. So that's no way to live either. So let's become better investors. And and that's the issue that we a lot of entrepreneurs have. And um, and I'm just now realizing that. And that's the reason why I am bringing this to the podcast. I am learning. I am learning about it, the markets and investing. I'm learning about all these different things. And I spend my I spend I spend quite a bit of time, um, um, you know, I'm listening to audio books as much as I can. Um, uh, I got a few pod, um, few YouTube channels that I follow that I try to keep up and, and learn things about it. Like I, I really try to put time and I don't, I don't have a lot of time. So I'm really trying to put time into understanding this stuff. Um, but we should, we all should, we all should invest for cash flow, invest for cash flow. But that's all, that's all I got for you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate you guys. Much love. And, uh, I get at you on the next episode. Peace.